Real Bad is part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. If you want to explore more podcasts about movies and nostalgia, head over to cageclub.me and check out some of our friends. Hello and welcome to another episode of Real Bad, the podcast where we talk about real bad movies and why they want to hurt us. Today I am, I'm always Nick Jenkins, actually. But anyway, <laughs> and I'm joined by three friends. Woo! Yay! Hey! I'm working on an hour's sleep, guys. This is going to be exciting. Aww. Yay. <sighs> I had a creepy guy come to my door last night at 8 o'clock. Was he the perfect being? PM? No. <laughs> yeah, 8 p.m. From like this rent-a-center looking for someone who doesn't live at my house. Hmm. And it was Aww. very suspicious and weird. And he was missing all of his front teeth, Ooh. but he had a name badge and a big metal um, uh, clipboard huh. thing. Oh. And so it he must seemed have been official. Very, yeah, it seemed official, <laughs> but I, I was paranoid for the rest of the night. And so every noise I heard, I was Ooh, like yeah. up and waking. And yeah, That's why I just don't open my door when it's any ever actually, unless I know exactly <laughs> who it is. I had never encountered someone banging on a door so loudly. Ooh. Like it was, so that, I was like, set, yeah. I was like, I better open this. Mm, Something okay. seems, which makes me wonder if he was like from a collections of, for a rent-a-center, mm. but that seems weird. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I'm still Nick Jenkins and I'm joined by three friends. First, Bill Mead. Hello. Marianne Fernandez Silva. Hi. And Tobin Addington. Hello. And we are here to talk to you not about one, no. but about two movies. Two. Which are the same movie, sort of. <laughs> so this is an interesting twofer. And uh, this is something that Tobin put on the list uh, when we first made a list. Yeah. And I'd been wanting to do it because I had watched, I thought, both of these movies, but I had only seen one of them. Uh, and so it was exciting to me. Plus, we have this ongoing relationship with Rennie Harlan. That is, <laughs> I kind of enjoy everything he makes, but they're all terrible. <laughs> like, it, so, but we'll find out if that remains true for this episode. So we are talking about two versions of a prequel to The Exorcist. And there's a lot of history to go through here, and I'll try to sum that up. Bill's also done some research. I'm sure Tobin and Marianne have their own bits of research that they did, but uh, Marianne's shaking her head like, I didn't do it. I was, nope. didn't, no research now. Um, but I know Tobin and I both saw these in grad school, mm-hmm. and uh, I was very snobby in grad school. And so I was interested to see how I reacted this time. So uh, we're watching – we watched – it's kind of hard also to talk about these because – the, what we decided was the appropriate order was to watch Dominion, prequel to The Exorcist first, because that was the first movie that was delivered to the studio. Right. Uh, to Morgan Creek, which still weirds me out that they used the theme from Robin Hood for their logo. They continue to this day. That's their theme. Weird. I know. It's so weird. Anyway, <laughs> like, could you imagine if 20th Century Fox just decided, ah, oh, we're going to use the Star Wars theme <laughs> yeah. for all of our logos? weird anyway uh so dominion went first because that's the one that was submitted to morgan creek and morgan creek said this is terrible we need to redo this um and then they went about making exorcist to the beginning um similar and the same characters and stuff so the plot dumps here are going to be a bit interesting yeah so we're going to do two plot dumps and it's going to be tobin and marianne just because okay, I'm great. looking at you. Bill's out of my peripheral. <laughs> so, um, I'm hiding behind a great. <laughs> so, Tobin, we're going to start with you and Dominion. All right. Prequel to The Exorcist. And I'm going to give you 60 seconds here. Easy. <laughs> I, I almost thought you were going to give the one person 
to 30 second lockdowns. <laughs> yes. I actually asked about that, sort of. I was terrified. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. First plot dump for Dominion, the exor- prequel to The Exorcist in three, two, one. Lancaster Marin, a former priest who endured horrific psychic and spiritual violence at the hands of the Nazis, is now an archaeologist. He goes to a British Army-run dig in Africa where they've uncovered a perfectly preserved church that's been buried for centuries. Marin consults on the dig, gets close to a Holocaust-surviving doctor, spars with an idealistic young priest, and helps a disabled African boy. Turns out the church was built atop a pagan temple that might just house Satan himself. As the excavation continues, shit goes bad for everybody except the African boy who's miraculously healed of his wounds because he's possessed. As conflicts come to a head between the British Army and the indigenous Africans, Marin must regain his faith in order to exorcise Satan from the boy, thereby setting himself up as the master exorcist played by Max von Sydow in the original 1973 William Friedkin classic. Ten seconds to go. Nice. You're so good at that. I didn't even write anything down or like think about this. <laughs> If I don't write it, then I will never get through it. That is often my problem. I'd be talking about the act one. That is often my problem. We've had that happen a few times. Uh, Okay, Marianne. Okay. (laughs) 60 seconds to now do the Rennie Harlan version of this story, Exorcist the Beginning, in three, two, one. Father Marion is hired by a random company to go and explore a dig of a perfectly preserved uh, Christian church in Kenya. He goes and uh, starts to explore the area and the locals and discovers that there's something weird going on here. I don't can't remember why, but for some reason he's sent to go and like reach out to the original um, excavator who has gone mad and kills himself when he goes to see him or whatever, and finds out that that was that the church was built on top of a site that was originally where Lucifer fell from heaven. Um, they originally think that a young Kenyan bo- or yeah Kenyan boy is possessed, but he's not. Turns out that it was Sarah, a doctor, and he exercises her. The end. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, what happens. Yeah, that's good. what happens. Yes, Pretty good. There's a lot of like, wait, I don't. <laughs> Nothing happened. Just this. This is it. That's. I, I kept thinking I was gonna keep going, but I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> there was a fight between imperialists and Kenyans. That was it. And then they they're all dead. Yeah. That mm-hmm. is, the 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 end is a real downer uh, for the Exorcist at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much of a downer in prequel to the Exorcist Dominion. I'm just gonna call them Dominion yeah, and the and, beginning. And the there beginning. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Let's do yeah. That. So before we dive into these two, I want to talk a little bit about The Exorcist and just sort of where we all are with that, because I feel like that's important when discussing a prequel. Um, it doesn't mean you have to have it memorized. It's just I'm, I'm just curious more than anything. So um, I'll start with me, which is I think The Exorcist, William Friedkin's Exorcist from 74, I think. 74, 75? 73, but I'll check. I'll check. Okay. I, yeah, it would be before Texas Chainsaw. Um, so... For me, I think it's one of the crowning achievements in horror cinema. I think I think it's a, not just horror, but in film. Like it is an incredible film, uh, regardless of its genre. I think that is the performances in there, the 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 shot making, the makeup effects, like everything coming together to 
the story, like, and, and the layers that that film creates is, is just wonderful. I used to teach it in a horror class um, to introduce the idea of psychoanalyzing things. Like, it is, mwah, like, it is a perfect <laughs> horror film. And uh, really, to me, stands up. Like, it doesn't, it's a lot of horror films, especially, like, if you watch the original Nightmare on Elm Street, eh, effects don't hold up so good. It's still cool, but eh. I don't feel The Exorcist has that problem. <laughs> like the makeup effects and Linda Blair's performance uh, and Ellen Burstyn's performance really hold up to me. So that's where I am with it. I love that movie. Bill, what about you? I haven't seen the first Exorcist in about 20 years, I'd say. It was definitely a sleepover scary movie to me. Oh, yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> and then in college, I ran with I ran with a crew, <laughs> a, a gang, if you will. Um <laughs> Uh, it was just a few friends who really enjoyed horror movies, but it, it was usually we watched a lot more sequels than I think original titles. And so the more recent Exorcist movie that I've seen was Exorcist Three, which had nothing to do, I think, except for one of the characters who was played by George C. Scott, and it has a creepy lady climb on a wall, and that's mostly what I remember from the series. Um, no, the main, the the only character who ties that together. In Exorcist Three is um, the priest, uh, not Father Marin, but the the main priest in the Exorcist, Father Karras. Uh, Karras, thank yeah. you. <laughs> Father Karras shows up in Three. I actually like Three. I think Three is a really yeah. good movie. Again, performances center that film. George mm-hmm. C. Scott is wonderful in that movie, and uh, Brad Dourif is also wonderful in that movie. It's it's a very different movie to The Exorcist, mm-hmm. um, but it's still like an effective psychological thriller. I think so. Yeah. Cool, Marianne. I don't think so. I think I didn't watch The Exorcist entirely until I was like 24, 25, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd always been aware of it and had seen clips and that type of stuff, just living in the world and loving film and that yeah. type of stuff. Um, Me too, actually. I didn't see it until I was. Yeah, like, and then one college. of my friends or one of my roommates is like obsessed with scary movies and Halloween, um, the season, along with the series. <laughs> Um, and so like she constantly around like in October wanted to watch horror movies. And so I was like, yeah, sure. I'll watch the exorcist with you. And that was the first time I think I saw it in full. Okay. And I enjoyed it. I thought it was scary. It Uh. could not sleep that night. Probably. (laughs) That is a scary movie. Like it's, and again, I think that comes back to performance. Mm -hmm. Like there's nobody phoning in anything in that movie. William Friedkin would not allow it. And, and William Friedkin made, in my opinion, three great films. He made the exorcist. He made uh, French Connection, and then he made a film that not a lot of people talk about with uh, Ashley Judd and Michael Shannon called Bug, um, which is based on a play, but is also an extraordinary film for performance. Um, so, yeah, he's good at getting the performances out of people mm-hmm. and got real good performances out of Linda Blair as a, a child actor. And if you watch the rest of her career, she doesn't give as many good performances, even when she was that age up until now. So, yeah. Tobin, how about you? I also did not see The Exorcist until I was in grad school. I was in my late 20s by the time I saw it, and we studied it in in a class, and then I sort of devoured it after that. I watched it probably half a dozen times that Mm -hmm. year. Um, And and I've I've taught it since uh, as well. The thing that always stands out to me in that movie is the um, psychological horror of it the the what it's what it's doing to the mother to, yeah. to mm-hmm. Linda Blair's mother and all that um uh and Alan Burstyn is fabulous in that in that role and then also the how the 
uh, Friedkin's choice to make the because in that movie when the child is first sort of demonstrating you know the symptoms of <laughs> demonic possession they all assume as we would oh you must be sick I'm going to take you to a doctor and they go yeah. to these through these medical tests which are as <laughs> unsettling and horror inducing oh the sound design the sound design the the, the 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 just physically what are they doing to this child and setting up all this it's just sort of terrifying yeah. and so mm-hmm. um, the, the and as a parent I would imagine you and Bill, watching that, like you haven't watched it in a while, but as a parent, oh. it would be probably even more traumatic. There, there are certain movies now. I wonder if I could or couldn't rewatch them, and this might be one of them. Yeah, well, the original mm-hmm. Exorcist. These ones I won't rewatch because they weren't that good. But still, <laughs> spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to cut no, you off. No, just a, the smart way of making both modern. So if if this is sort of if there's sort of a reason versus faith sort of thing going on in that movie, both are equally horrific to this child, or not equally, but e- both are presented as horrific in terms of this child. I thought that was a really smart. Way to go. I agree. Uh, and one of the things that we talked about, and this might not be something that was present in uh, William P- Peter Blatty's novel or the screenplay, but the idea that Reagan is also exhibiting all of the signs of being sexually abused. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot that filters through this movie, through The Exorcist, about that. Um, like, she, there's some weirdness with the director. Mm-hmm. of the, So Ellen Burstyn, the mother, is an actor. In the movie and the director is over at her house and then she finds out that the director was up in uh, her daughter's room and there's this like, why was he up there alone with her? And so there's but then that sort of gets dropped off to the side. But then all of these things start to showcase themselves. And so we start talking about it in terms of Freudian Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, psychoanalysis, which if you're just tuning in, Freud was wrong about almost everything. (laughs) Um, But but Freudian psychoanalysis is an interesting thing, interesting thing to think about. It's a framework. Um, Yeah, yeah, it's a framework. It's just basically looking at all of the symptoms and then talking about them. So, yeah, it's a, a wonderful movie. Exorcist 2, one of the worst. It's terrible. God awful. It's just, it's not even fun bad. Hmm. It's just, it's exhausting bad. Exorcist 3, I like. It's fine. So me and Bill have seen it. Have you guys? No. Nope. I recommend it. It's on, it's on Amazon Prime. I would check it out. It's like, it's, I think it's on Netflix too. Like it's, it's interesting and George C. Scott's worth it just Mm, for that. So, Mm. um, okay. So there's our history with the Exorcist. (laughs) (laughs) So long after Exorcist 3 had come out, uh, Morgan Creek got the rights for uh, the Exorcist stuff and uh, hired William Wisher, uh, who co-wrote The Terminator and Terminator 2, uh, and a few other things, but those are his two big, big claims to fame. He, he got him to write a script and then got Paul Schrader to direct a movie that was a prequel to The Exorcist, which follows the exploits of the least important character in The Exorcist, <laughs> Father Marin. Seriously, that movie is not about Father Marin. So making a prequel about him, sure, okay. Who cares? Well, he was old, right? So that gives you... <laughs> yeah, you, know? you can go back. Which yeah, is right, funny. Right. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård, who stars in this, is 10 years older than Max von Sydow was... When he played, when he played yeah. Father Marin, <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is wild. Yeah, they had to give they they heavy makeup on yeah. Max von Sydow in um, in, in the, the Exorcist. Exorcist. So, uh, so they get this. Paul Schrader makes a movie, turns it in. Paul Schrader, uh, probably most well known for writing Taxi Driver, 
But he's written and directed some other things. Uh, the only other one that I've seen is a Willem Dafoe movie called Light Sleeper, which I have no memory of. <laughs> I just know that I rented it and saw it. Um, but uh, Taxi Driver, incredible film. Uh, and so I think everybody was excited to see the guy who wrote Taxi Driver is going to write an Exorcist prequel. Get, get, take my money. And then he delivers it to the studio and the studio says, nah, man, what is this? (laughs) What what have you done, sir? Like it was a panic, apparently, like the studio flipping panicked Um, and then enter Rennie Harlan. So 2004, Rennie Harlan was still on a slide. Uh, He had been at the helm of one film that had nearly bankrupted a studio Mm -hmm. in Cutthroat Island. Um, his, uh, long kiss goodnight was not a hit. Uh, he had done a few films in a row that just, uh, the adventures of Ford Fairlane, like it just kept flopping, but Morgan Creek got a pitch from him about how to fix it. He, he told Morgan Creek that this film is unsalvageable. Like, if you want me to, I will go in, rewrite the script, reshoot it to make a more blockbuster friendly, um, horror movie. And they said, okay. And they gave him a bigger budget than they gave Paul Schrader, which makes sense if you're going to be making a more effects heavy mm-hmm. thing. Sure. Paul, Schrader's right. is, is, Paul Schrader's film is much more talky, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. for better or for worse. We'll get into that. And then Rennie Harlan delivered this movie and was not a hit. Um, it did not do very well. And when all was said and done, they spent $80 million on these two movies. Now, interesting because we've had this happen a couple times in recent memory. Solo, a Star Wars story, had a very similar thing happen. Uh, I don't think the film was completed when right. Lord and Miller got fired. I think that they were just still in process and then they brought in Ron Howard to reshoot a bunch of stuff and mm-hmm. everything. But the, the, the story is that Rennie Harlan shot like 98%, reshot 98% of Dominion. <laughs> <laughs> to make the ex- to make Exorcist the beginning, and it is a bizarre experience to watch these two films. <laughs> I have a lot to say, <laughs> but I want to kind of go last. <laughs> um, so, uh, Marianne, I first want to start with you. Sure. Um, what? 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 <laughs> <laughs> How, like you're also a film student, so I thought yes. you might enjoy. This this weird experiment. Yeah, I love the experiment of it. Right. Actually, yeah. fun fact: I did write when I started watching the the beginning. Mm-hmm. My first note is, "What even is this?" Because there's a really weird dream sequence that like starts off the film, and like, what mm. what is this? Is that a dream sequence? It's or is it is somebody yeah. dreaming that? Yeah. Where the Baron is dreaming that? Oh, is he? Yeah. yeah. Oh God! It's right before the. It's the first thing. Yeah, it's where the 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 Before ravens the Park start. Yeah, the ravens stuff. <laughs> I I almost called Nick at that moment because it was it's, it's five minutes of this strange dream sequence, and I'm like, oh god, I'm watching the wrong movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's very weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I but going back to your question, I felt like this was just like a it it felt like I was in film school. Yeah, and that like okay. Two teams are mm. separated. Here's one script. Go make your films. <laughs> mm. And then every, the whole class watches them and sees the difference between them. Yeah. Um, Classic thing that is done in almost every film school. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, that's kind of what this felt like. Because there is so, like, 
so many similar similarities and it's but also very very different and different approaches yeah. to how yeah. you take this one script or this one pitch yep um yeah and how I, would you, so how would you describe dominion boring okay how <laughs> would you describe the beginning weird okay yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i felt like dominion like i I did like a little bit of research or whatever. Like I read up a little bit about sure um, about them. Not all heavy, but I I am intrigued by what Dominion was trying to do in like create a more psychological story and like because Father Marin is not a heavy hitter in the original Exorcist. Like kind of like take this as a, as a different take and like slow it down. Right. And, He's a blank page. Yeah. Like they right, can do. Right, right, right. Um, and explore more of like the psychological effects and that type of stuff, which is interesting. I just think it took too long and there was so like, it, it got boring. Like, or it was mm. boring for the majority of the movie. And I'm like, are we still here? Yeah. Has anything <laughs> happened? I like, I got distracted very many times and I'm just like, did I miss something? No, I didn't. Okay, great. And yeah, I think that that okay. could have like the pace could have been picked up. But again, it is intriguing that that's what you're if that's what you're going for. Well, then great, that's what you're going for. Yeah, I mean, when they told him, you know, this this isn't a horror movie, he was like, I know. Yeah. I. <laughs> you read the script. Like I'm making a psycho thriller. Like that's like it's a it's a movie that's about something, and yeah. we'll talk about what I think it's about at a mm-hmm. certain point. But like it's 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 not a horror movie. Right. And to be fair, even though it's very scary, The Exorcist is a character study. Right. Yes. Right. It's not a hor- it has horror elements to it and it is horrifying. And it's obviously that's the genre you put it into, but really what makes that film so stand out is like you're talking about Tobin with Ellen Burstyn is right. like you are with this character and right. so you are really mm-hmm. experiencing the struggle that they're going through. Um, and I think that's what Schrader was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that... Doesn't mean he did it well, but... <laughs> right, and I think that, like, he probably recognized that the beauty of The Exorcist is that it's like, yeah, it's a horror movie because that's just what it fits as far as genre, but, like, mm-hmm. what it is is a movie about other things yeah. and, like, about characters and about the effects of this poor traumatic girl have on, like, yeah. her and on everyone around her. right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and they they spend not to go back to the ex, but they spend so much time with Reagan and her mother yeah. before mm-hmm. any of right. this happens that yeah. we are invested yeah. in these. And I think again that might be what he was trying to do here is that we spend so much time with Marin um, and Rachel, Sarah. Sarah is in the beginning. I have to. I have to no, they're both Sarah. Notebook. No, no, it's Sarah and Rachel. It's Sarah and Rachel. Oh, I thought they were both Sarah. Nope. <laughs> Dominion is Rachel. Okay, okay cool. Dominion's Rachel. All right. It's understandably confusing. It's, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I thought they were both Sarah. Different, so, different actors playing a very similar character, but with different names. Yeah. yeah. So the character is a doctor at this place in Kenya. Yeah. It's basically the same character with a, a dark past where she was in, an, uh, a, in, in a, camp, a concentration, concentration camp, mm-hmm. um, which has its own neat ideas yeah and and possibilities that it, mm-hmm. in one in one movie mm-hmm. they think about and in another movie he gets laid like the, that's the, the weird thing that I'm, that I thought I was like that was a weird shift that you chose <laughs> is that so in Dominion she 
is Jewish. Yes. And so like right. she was in, an, in a camp because she's Jewish. Right. But in the beginning, she's not. It was because her father or someone in her family, mm-hmm. they were like housing right. Jewish people. And so I'm like, that was a weird sh- change to make. Like, like, why did that change happen? That, <laughs> that was just straight. And so I'm like, was it just because the actress was blonde? Is that why you made that change? Like, I'm confused. I have a suspicion that I think part of it is the casting. I also wonder if maybe it's because they want to set her up as as a full, fully like as a do-gooder because she's going to turn out to be possessed by Satan. And so the combination of having the one Jewish character turn out to be possessed by Satan – and also the the, the you know, that being an issue, as well as sort of the misdirect of she's she comes from a line of um, of, of uh, people who do good. Yeah, that my, makes sense. my guess. That's good, a good point. point. Yeah. yeah, that is a good point. <laughs> I was with Marianne there. I was like, why did he do that? I'm definitely still figuring out these movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to get them straight in my mind. Which one is which? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Bill, you're still trying to figure them out. I absolutely am. So tell me about your experience with them. <laughs> well. I went, obviously we started with Dominion and I wanted it to be a fun, bad early 2000s horror movie. It was not. Marianne's description was pretty appropriate. It came off very boring. Uh, And I told you this earlier and you gave me a very questionable look after watching the beginning. I had more sympathy for Dominion and I can see why it might be worth talking about. And I almost want to say it's worth studying just to see what happens when a movie isn't finished. That's a very good point. Yeah. Uh, Marianne and I talked about this uh, a couple days ago, the idea that if you watch Dominion, so like it's free streaming right now on Prime. Uh, you can watch, you can go watch Dominion. You're going to see some horrendously bad CG. But, very not good. But mm-hmm. it needs to be made clear that that's not a finished movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, the, the worst one being the cow. Like there's a part where a cow is eating a bird, I think. No, a hyena. It's eating a hyena. And then it dies? I'm not sure what happened. It falls down. Yeah, they all die. (laughs) Yeah, it falls down. Yeah. So like, but the, the, it is obviously temp. Like that is not a finished, Mm -hmm. like even bad movies from that era had better CG than that. Because so that's one thing where you can look at it and go, that's not fair. A, (laughs) a, A few things they had to do last minute. They had no score. They had to hire a band that the director's son was a fan of. <laughs> uh, they obviously had no CGI. Mm-hmm. They had to do color correction at the last minute. And you can tell. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the movies color wise are drastically different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? There was no ADR budget, which made sense to me because I remember in the beginning they start they start Dominion with this uh, Nazi in town who's going to kill so many citizens of the town. Well, let's hold on. Let's explain that sequence because it's important in both. Mm-hmm. It's important in both. So what happened is Father Marin is uh, – where, where was this? Ho- Holland? I think Poland. Poland. Was it in Poland? I thought he was in Poland. It could be. I, got, I don't know why I can't – she was in Poland. I th- oh, I can't remember now. I'm going to say Europe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes, good. 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 Yep. So he yep. he is a, he he runs a little church mm-hmm. uh, in this town as the Nazis are retreating. So as the Nazis are retreating, one of the Nazis is killed and the head Nazi comes in and he rounds up all the people in the little village and he says, one of our people is dead and you're going to tell me who it was or I'm going to kill all of you. 
And then Father Marin walks out and he says, um, nobody here could do this. No murders. And he says, Does they con- do they confess to you? He says, well, of course they do. He says, well, who did it? And he said, nobody here did it. And then he says, okay, well, then I'm going to have you choose 10 people that I am going to kill to make mm-hmm. it so that people respect us. Or if you don't, I'm just going to kill everybody. Yeah. And then, mm-hmm. uh, Mar- cause this is important to also to w- want to talk about my experience with it and maybe even how I would fix it. This is this scene. Um, and Marin initially says, well, just shoot me. And the Nazis, ah, ha ha, no. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> And then he, it, this scene plays out very differently in both movies. Mm-hmm. In Dominion, it's a very straightforward scene with the Nazi picking people out mm-hmm. randomly and he's just about to start shooting. And then Father Marin says, then he does start pointing and saying, take this person, take this person. And he has to live with that guilt. And that's why he loses his faith. Mm-hmm. In the beginning, they insert this little girl into it. So there's a, you still have this, the setup is the same, but the first person to get shot is the little girl. And I remember feeling like there was a lot of violence toward children in both of these movies, which I was not prepared for. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I I was not expecting that. I mean, it's weird because the exorcist is, uh, it's about hurting a child, right? but this one in particular, I just, I don't know. There's a scene, very effective scene in my opinion, even though the CG wasn't very good of the, the boy being attacked by hyenas Mm -hmm. that was terrifying. Like it was horrible. Um, So, and then it it still plays out the same way where he's like, you know, uh, then he starts pointing people out. So it's, it's sort of the same. They add a little bit more uh, ugliness with the little kid getting shot first, Mm -hmm. but it plays out both in both films. Uh What were you going to say? I was going to say, and another kid was like being pulled about to be shot too. Yes. After the girl. Yes. Um, And that's what got him to do it. So, uh, but that, so when we're talking about the village sequence, that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. So continue bill. Uh, I was, what, what I was getting at is, so they had no ADR budget and I, that made sense to me afterwards because in Dominion, the, the the very German officer, a lot of times you see in movies, they do like a, oh, you have to pick one. And, yeah. it's, you know, it's this voice. And I thought this actor's voice was very strange because he wasn't really affecting mm-hmm. the, the fake German action that, accent that much. And there's a difference in the beginning. Oh, there is. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's – but and to me, that's very interesting in that – this is what a movie looks like without color correction, without ADR, without the special effects finishing like their 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 shots. And if you know, I, I think most people who listen to this podcast know more about film than your average person. But a lot of people today, I imagine, think, "Oh, you film a thing, and then someone does something of a computer, and that's it." Movies are a collaborative effort. This mm-hmm. is what happens when the collaboration falls apart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's when you just when you don't have those finishing things. Yeah, those mm-hmm. those finishing things are really important, and you know they're not really acknowledged as much. Like it is amazing to me how much color correction can help even a performance. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. if it's well shot and lit properly and good color correction and it all matches, you're just not being pulled out. And somehow and both. Both these movies had the same cinematographer. Yeah. One of the greats. Yeah. yeah. But it didn't. It was, like, wild. <laughs> it was so wild to me because they're so different looking. Uh, Vittorio 
Storoto? Storoto? Vittorio Storoto. I've only seen his... That's the first time in my life I've ever said his name out loud. I'm sorry, Vittorio. (laughs) But he shot Apocalypse Now, for God's sakes. Like, Mm -hmm. he is a master cinematographer. And he shot both. That's wild. And they look so different. So different. Bizarre. Strange. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think that's me. <laughs> All right, Tobin. So these were your idea. You put yes, these on the I list. I did. I did. I did. You, put you made the, the extras. My fault. You're here. I was going to say, wait. You made this. <laughs> I made this happen. Uh, You're secretly Paul Schrader. <laughs> so when I, so I was in grad school when Dominion. Or, oh, sorry, when the beginning came out because that's the one that was released. The Randy yes. Harlan was, was released first in 2004, and did not do well and was derided by the critics. And I'm a snobby grad school person in film. And it's like, I'm not even going to watch this mess because Paul Schrader <laughs> made it. It was taken away from Paul Schrader. Now, so in addition to Tax Driver, I just have to t- say a few other things, uh, a few other credits of Paul Schrader. So pa- Paul Schrader wrote uh, American Gigolo. Great movie. Raging Bull. Great movie. Um the Last Temptation of Christ. Uh, <laughs> I've never actually seen all of it's that. It's not a great movie, but it's, I don't think it's the script's fault. Um, uh, and then most recently, First Reformed. Uh, he wrote oh. and directed First Reformed last year wow. with Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Uh, and is a is a noted Calvinist. Um, and his movies often deal with faith and, and wrestling with sort of your own demons. And it seems like a perfect fit. So we were all in film school like, the Schrader one must be a masterpiece that they are too chicken to release <laughs> so then or they don't understand it right right, right. they just don't get it yeah so then there was this whole campaign and he got his uh, schrader got scorsese and his other sort of um uh director friends to lobby morgan creek to creek to release that the movie and part of that was a, a series of screenings in new york that he attended and i went to one of these screenings to really? see oh really the Ooh. beginning with Paul Schrader, no, Dominion. Dominion. With Paul Schrader to doing a Q&A afterwards. And we all like, we were so excited. It was a little tiny screening room. A bunch of us from film school, we get there. And like, as the movie goes, we start sinking lower and lower <laughs> into our chairs. Oh. <laughs> and then to the point, and to the, by the end, I was kind of embarrassed for him to have to get up and talk about this movie. He, him acknowledging that it was not done, as you say, that he yeah. did, they, even though they were going to release, or trying to get them to release it, he was also trying to get the money to, fi- to finish it. Mm. And, and the sad thing being, that that part never never yeah. happened right um, but I did have that experience of like I'm so excited to see this masterpiece and then oh my god this is not a masterpiece as the movie went went along because it is it is dull it's a dull I think it's a dull movie I don't know that that's that's its only problem or well we can get into that as we go but um, <laughs> I was very disappointed the first time I saw uh, the first time I saw Dominion okay what about the beginning this was your first time seeing this it? was my first time seeing the beginning okay yeah and I kind of liked it <laughs> I didn't, I shouldn't say like it. Um, I kind of enjoyed the experience of watching it. And there are things I think that it does very smartly in terms of the, if you're going to do a horror prequel to The Exorcist, that's probably the kind of thing you're going to do. I don't know. You should. (laughs) As with, I I liken Father Marin a little bit to, from the original um, uh, Exorcist to Darth Vader a little bit. 
from the original. If you, all you saw was 1977 Star Wars, you see this character whose backstory is a, much more of a mystery than oh, yeah. we ever understood. Like, where did he come from? Who is he? I don't know. He's just this menacing thing. And to have Max von Sydow walk into The Exorcist as this renowned, like, the, the, the shot that is the poster of The Exorcist of him in the street lamp, like, standing oh, in front the of the fog, house and, with yeah. the fog is like, what an entrance, right? Yeah. And so mm-hmm. it is kind of a, you're setting yourself up for some kind of failure to go back and fill in the backstory story of this character when the mystery of that character was part of their you know um, yeah. appeal appeal yeah mm-hmm. yeah absolutely um well this was also my first time watching the beginning i thought i had seen it but i hadn't no um i'm sure you can understand why i mean they're <laughs> very similar movies um but i kind of liked both I was shocked. The first time I saw Dominion was also in grad school. And I was the least snobby of all of my grad school friends, but I was still snobby. Like, I was really snobby. Um, I had the courage to say things like, I don't like American Beauty, though. Mm. Like, everybody else was like, oh, this is a great accomplishment. I'm like, yeah, but it's it's not really that. (laughs) Snide and glib. Yeah, it's sort (laughs) of mean. Anyway, um, I... Saw it then, and I did. I thought the same thing. I was just like, "This is dull," and which is weird because I like two thousand one, A Space Odyssey, which mm-hmm. a lot of people mm-hmm. consider dull. Didn't get that out of this, and I think this viewing, I pinpointed my problem with it. But um, I also enjoyed the beginning. Mm. I think it's an incredibly dumb movie. <laughs> like it is dumb. Like it mm-hmm. is classic early two thousands horror. We're gonna throw this at the screen and gross and goo and and and. And I was okay with that. I was like, Rennie Harlan did not phone this in. Like he didn't, Rennie Harlan didn't just, I'll just make whatever. Like he tried. And and it's evident. Like there's some bad CG. Morgan Creek was never a giant company. They they had some power, but not a lot. But by and large, like I was like, yeah, this seems like the logical procession of what you would do. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, we don't want the talky talky, you know, movie about guilt (laughs) for our blockbuster. We want, you know, something that's going to make people jump out of their seats and memorable gross stuff happens. Mm -hmm. That's the movie he delivered. Mm -hmm. And I got to take my hat off to him. Like, he is a worker. And I respect that. (laughs) Even if I don't like all of his movies, I can respect the fact that, my by God, he is going to go in and he is going to work hard and deliver a movie that he thinks is the appropriate thing. And and he did that. Um, I enjoyed Dominion. More because I think, I don't know, I was maybe in the mood for a talky, quiet thing. And the problem that I had with it, Mary Hannon actually brought something up that also bugged me throughout it. But like, yeah, the the crippled kid. Oh, yeah. yeah. Why did they cast a Filipino actor as a Kenyan? Yeah, that he's also... Drove me wild. He's a singer. He's a singer, yeah. What? He's a famous like Filipino singer. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Probably money, right? I mean, it's probably you get some foreign money for maybe foreign sales money. It still seems weird. (laughs) I think I think his music career and I I know very little of it. I looked up one of his videos after the fact. I I think his music career is at the right level where he might be considered a a musician trying to break in Mm. to the acting thing. And horror, especially early 2000s horror was the scene for that. Yeah. I mean, he was sure. very good. He did a very good job. He did a good job. Right. Um, but it was distracting. <laughs> like, he's yeah. not Kenyan. What? 
<laughs> yes. That was weird. Um, so there were those things. But then I think the big problem I have with Dominion is the third act is a wet noodle. There is it, it, it sets up these grand ideas about guilt and about uh, changing things and the ability to change things and having control over things in a way that you do or don't have that I found interesting. Do I think it did it, you know, 100% great? No, I don't. I, I, but I do like the ideas. And I like the fact that the devil, by the end of it, gives them the opportunity to relive these moments. Um, and for the doctor, she becomes angry when he wakes her from her dream, quote unquote, dream where the devil is giving her the opportunity to change her past. Mm-hmm. Um, and for Marin, it's interesting because nothing he does will change. It will only be bad or worse. <laughs> like there's no, and I, I kind of appreciate that, but then it turns into this, I don't know. And then he's throwing holy water on him and, and, and it seems like a pretty easy exorcism. Um, it, so it just like the third act just falls completely flat. And that's what you, you're left with when you walk out. Right. And that's a shame. Cause I think there was, there was the possibility of a really powerful third act with this that just isn't there. And that makes me kind of go, ah, I'm, <laughs> I'm just deflated mm-hmm. at the end of it. And cause I'll put up with a lot of crap to get to a good third act. Um, me personally, I don't, I don't expect any of you to have to deal with that, but <laughs> me, I will like, I'll, I'll nod along with the movie. And go, okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> you're going to do something. You're going to land this plane, right? <laughs> yeah. You're going to land a ah, good landing, you know? Yeah. And I, so I'm willing to accept a lot if you can give me a good ending. Um, and it didn't. Uh, but I also, I think we already said this, but Marianne talked and I talked about how we're both really happy these two movies exist, mm-hmm. yeah. even though it seems like a colossal waste of time and money. I'm happy that as a filmmaker and as a person who loves this art, I get to see this grand experiment <laughs> right. laid out before me. Mm-hmm. Like it is, it, it's something that you just don't ever get to see. Marianne even brought it up with Tobin. Like it is the idea, of, or maybe it was Nicole, somebody else, somebody brought it up with Tobin, the idea of the burn it down. Like this yeah, is, right. this, this is, is burning it down. Of burning it down. Yeah. And starting yeah, over. Right. Mm-hmm. And you can see that it still doesn't produce anything great. <laughs> right. If, if the idea isn't, wholly there mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so for me i enjoyed watching both of them i don't think that either of them are quote unquote bad i don't think either of them are good <laughs> i think they're both <laughs> i think they both got problems all over the map but mm-hmm. for me i thoroughly enjoyed the experiment and if i let's just say that i had made one or two either of these movies I would not be that embarrassed of them. Like I could look at this and go, yeah, I made this thing. It's not great. (laughs) I had some budgetary problems. I rewrote the script right before I shot it or, you know, they didn't let me finish it, you know, but Mm -hmm. this is the thing I made. And so, yeah, there's, that's, I don't know. That's my feeling. How, what do you guys think? Good, bad, nothing. I don't think that's a problem with a movie, movies like this. I wanted it to be fun, bad. That's going to go into how I would fix it. I I think it's middle of the road, which unfortunately makes it, 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 it contributes to that dullness. Yeah. Where it's not bad enough to be good. It's not good enough to be good. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's very, it's very much two movies. <laughs> I kind of wonder what the 
I keep getting the names wrong because the beginning is our second one. What Dominion would have looked like if Paul Schrader had written the script. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, because he's working from this this and Caleb Carr is credited on the script as well. I think that's true. Yeah, who wrote the novel The Alienist? I think. Anyway, the novelist mostly apparently um, that 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 because he has such a history of writing things that that have to do with people wrestling with morality and with faith mm. and with the, and that that being such a nice fit for the material um, that he's I, I get the sense in Dominion that. The direction is at war a little bit with the story that's going on that, you know, he wants some of these characters to be symbols. Well, when you make the young priest, whose name I forget, Francis, Father Francis, is it the same name in both movies? It is. That one one is the same. (laughs) Okay. So Gabriel. Which Father Francis did you like better? (laughs) I liked the one in uh, the beginning better. Yes. Yes. Uh, I love Gabriel Mann. Um, He is wonderful in the series um, Revenge. But in that movie, I'm like, oh, this feels weird. Like, why are you a priest? You are not a priest. What is this? <laughs> he turns up in an, all, all the time in TV in ways that I and, and he's in the first um, Born Born Identity movie, and mm-hmm. he's a he's a I like him as an actor. I think he's completely stiff and wooden in this movie. Yeah, and in Dominion. Um, and I think that it does such a disservice then to that because it doesn't at all ever feel like a character. It just feels like an, a walking idea. And yeah. that's and that yeah. then is you can do that if you're going to – if that's then the cast – the way you're going to cast the whole movie. And, and, and that's what I mean about – I feel like he's being directed to be an idea. And it might have been better if he'd been allowed to be a person yeah. and then like let the ideas flow through him in some way, which I feel like they find things for Father Francis to do. In the James Darcy version, in that's the actor, yep. right? In mm. the uh, in the beginning, in a way that that, that um, I feel like Gabriel Mann sort of left out to, to dry in Dominion. They, yes, yeah. I agree. They gave Darcy a few nice twists that because there, there's a few things that we realize in the beginning that the church is covering up. Mm. It's a little more nefarious, and he is in on it. Right? Yeah, mm-hmm. and that very much gives. I mean, it may be a cliche edge, but it, it's something. Yeah, it's yeah. it's right. an edge, right? <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, that is one of the problems with uh, Gabriel Mann is that he's just sort of supposed to be all good and nice mm-hmm. and, and and wide-eyed and, and, and everything that, I don't know, by the end you're kind of like, who are you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, because in, in the second, and I'm not saying that he has to have a dark past, like you can, yeah. you can not have that, but he's so, he felt like a high school production of Nice Priest. Right to me, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's a right. problem, right. uh, especially when you're acting beside Stellan Skarsgård, right. who is very deeply rooted in his brooding. You know, like <laughs> right. he, like there, there, he, he's giving me stuff. I, I joked with Tobin earlier that I don't think he has a lot of range, and I don't think he has a ton of range because every movie I see him in, with the exception of the Avengers movies, he's pretty much that guy. Um, but like, I think my first experience with him, which is shocking, is a Lars von Trier film called Breaking the Waves, mm-hmm. um, which is a don't don't watch it. It's harsh, man. That is a harsh, harsh movie. All of his films are harsh. I don't know why I'm saying that one in particular, but yeah. Whew. Also, apparently he's a pile of shit. Lars von Trier. Yeah, not, oh, yeah, not Stellan. Stellan. No, Stellan, we, I think. We don't is, know about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think Stellan has is nothing bad against him right now. So <laughs> anyway, but yeah, the, the priest was a problem. And I think they remedied that by if you're going to make a. Mm-hmm. You know, two thousands era, two thousand era gory horror movie. Yeah, you have him in on it with the government. Right, right. The priest is right. in on it. On, it's a on cover the, up with it's the a, Vatican, but yeah, yeah, with the Vatican. Right. Well, no, 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 no. With the uh, with the military. The Vatican mm. is in on it with the military. No, not oh, about the church. Am I at cross? Have I, have I crossed some things? Yeah. So in in 
Okay, Gabriel Mann. Yes. He is the one that is like kind of working closer with the government. Okay. With the British. With the British government. Yes. In Dominion. In Dominion. And there, it's actually like the two of them, him and the Imperial officer that like get- The Major. Major, thank you. Major yeah. Granville. To get um, Marin involved, mm-hmm. right? Because there's like, that really weird mess, like- Oh, that's right. Scene. No, you're, yeah, and I forgot about that. James Darcy is the one that like, I mean, is there with the government because like that's just how missions and mm-hmm. that type of stuff works. Mm-hmm. But- he is the one, like, kind of representative of what happened there because that's what the church did. Okay. The government, right. the British yeah, yeah, government yeah, yeah. had yeah. no involvement in that. That was, like, separate, I, but I, concurrent. I yeah. wonder how I got those confused. Well, I, I <laughs> got to say, Nick, I'm right there with you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, there's st- I, I imagine someone could say anything right now and be like, oh, I thought that was this movie. <laughs> right, right. And to be fair, like, the only reason I remembered that specific part of it is because, like, that is what I found interesting about the beginning and that like Mm. I really enjoy like the thing that I thought it did well in the way that horror movies do well is introducing a lore Mm. and so like it made a lot more sense in the beginning than it did in Dominion and I'm like that is like a thing that I caught that I was like oh interesting because like the the Lucifer falling site and then there was like another piece of it like the, the whole thing like oh the church did all of this yeah and there were a couple of other or like pieces the, of lore. They were, they buried the graveyard. Empty, empty, the graveyard. Empty coffins yeah. And, that's yeah. what they did. Yeah. And like all this other stuff. I'm like, ooh, this is interesting lore that would and... have been nice in Dominion, <laughs> but it wasn't there. But it adds moments, right? Mm-hmm. It adds moments where we can have a little twist, a little yeah. something where you can go, oh, tell me more. Yeah. Right. You know, right, right. Like a little where, intrigue. Where, yeah. Yeah. Intrigue where he can have that moment where he realizes that they burn their dead. Wait a minute. Well, if they burn their dead... Who's, Who's in the graveyard? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like that's great. Like yeah. you know, it's, it's like that's some good screenwriting advice mm-hmm. when you're trying to make. That's not the movie that Trader was trying to make. I get that. It's not the movie that William Wisher and Caleb Carr wrote, but it, it's also deeply much more interesting mm-hmm. <laughs> as a viewer to be going like because you lean in, you go, oh, right, okay, mm-hmm. yeah. But then in typical Rennie Harlan fashion, there's a lot of <laughs> shit that just happens in the beginning that just happens. Yeah, why is the the really weird Australian archaeologist or whatever he is there. Why is he there and why is his face falling off? Yeah, I there was okay, I talked about this with Marianne. There's so many parts of both movies where I went, I think I missed something. <laughs> <laughs> there was a few rewinds while watching both these movies, but especially the beginning. I why was his face melting? Why the whole movie? His it, face is blistering and falling off, and she says, "Like character, he's like, oh, maybe it's an allergy or something." Yeah. I'm like, "What? No!" Also, that whole character just does not make sense. Like, why are you? Why is this character here? It mm-hmm. doesn't make sense, and there's no reason for him to be there. Yeah, right. Because he just dies. I yeah. guess he dies to to spur the the military to get angrier. No, he dies like he oh. dies after that other officer dies, and they were angry with that other officer. Really? Yes. Wow. The officer that was like. Uh, grave rob. Well, in the wait a minute, no. In Dominion, in, the, in Dominion, they were grave romping, but that same scene happens in the beginning. But it's not. It's one officer. It's one officer, and you don't know whether or not it's grave robbing. They're just de- there. Yeah, or he's just there. There's this really, I don't know, kind of amazing. I don't know a maquette. I don't know what is it. They get this body of this officer in the beginning. Like this is a, like. 
I get it. I get what you're trying to do, Rennie Harlan. You're making this <laughs> I see you, Rennie horrifying. <laughs> you're making this horrifying thing to put in your movie so people go, "Oh, and it works." Like the 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 officer who's perched on the cross with the middle of him taken out and you see his spine mm-hmm. and then his head's up. oh god, it was awful, but like it sticks with you. Mm-hmm. And like good job, Rennie Harlan. <laughs> like I, like that if that's what you're trying to do. Yeah. And I go ahead. But that was one of those moments that I was talking about, about with Bill Burr. I'm like, who is this guy? Do I know I him? Guess. Am I supposed to care? No. Okay, cool. Right, and then so he starts off that. a war. He starts, <laughs> he takes off a war and then the Australian guy dies somehow. He dies because. Well, he gets explodinated or something. Yeah, by. His teeth are all. That's left. He's like reaching for, for a bottle. For a bottle. bottle. He wants more booze. Yeah. He wants more booze and somehow just like exploded slash the bottles explode and like Well no, because something Evil Dead style yeah, runs the at him. Camera his, rushes at, at him. him and he screams. The demon kills him, we basically. Guess. Yeah. And, but like I don't yeah, it's just weird. It doesn't make any no. sense. That, that's a weird sorry sorry to go off on that, but that's a weird thing I I see in a lot of horror movies where the demonic evil kills somebody and it's like, why don't you just do that to everybody? Right. Oh yeah, you gotta be careful about engaging your logic brain in a lot of horror, <laughs> supernatural. In, real life. in a lot of right. supernatural right. horror movies, right. like right. the supernatural horror movies are about like you know atmosphere and and mm-hmm. and and boo. You know nothing. Right. Time for a scare. Time for a death. Time yeah. for a, something. Yeah. It, yeah. If you get too involved in like, well, in real life, why didn't they just then? You know, oh Jesus! You, you, <laughs> yeah. Then don't, right. then don't watch right. the movie. Yeah, you're not gonna enjoy <laughs> this um, at all. Which. Yeah, so talking about the beginning now, I'm, like, realizing, like, oh, the demon, like, whatever, whether it was the devil or not, I can't remember. But it was, like... There's some confusion there because... It's not, but they talk about the devil, that being the site that he, like, fell or whatever. But anyway, like, it's interesting in the fact that what I find interesting is that, like, oh, this demon's purpose is to cause bloodshed and to start a war between these different sure. entities like d- these different groups of people to bring out the worst in people and mm-hmm. i think that that's also true in dominion like i want to say that that's implied but it's never cool like it's not obvious because the beginning is the more obvious movie mm-hmm. thank you actually that is mm-hmm. the best way to put it mm-hmm. beginning right. is an obvious movie right and mm-hmm. so like killing the officer makes sense for the demon to do because it incites chaos and starts yeah. this like war going on same thing for like there's a like a tribal leader maybe or like a leader of the of the Kenyans mm-hmm. that is his significant other whatever is having a baby and that baby is a stillborn with maggots that so like wow. that kind of incites the Kenyans to feel like oh they're they're evil they're bringing the evil mm-hmm. yeah. and so like kind of ensues more chaos and like the theory of that makes sense but then killing the archaeologist doesn't in that kind of like inciting riot mo- method. You know, no, I don't know. It doesn't. <laughs> it, it, just do- it doesn't. I, whatever. I forgot about the maggot baby. Oh, how could you forget that? Both, both, uh, in that's both the movies. one scene that's in both movies yeah. and it doesn't change. It doesn't. There's no color correction. There's no change in color correction or effects or anything. It is exactly the same. Weird. Well, no, it's the different. scene. The scene is different. It's cut differently. Yeah. It's yeah. cut a little differently. Because yeah. I think that character isn't in the beginning the 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 uh the leader 
we don't spend any we no. don't get to know that character much at all as he's, opposed to in Dominion where we know him yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. Because he's in, in there, he's just like okay. not. If you didn't see Dominion, you wouldn't yeah. know to look for that guy. Yeah. Well, right, because yeah. in the beginning, they don't. In Dominion, he's in the room yeah. when she's giving birth, and right. we keep cutting to him because he's like going, "Something's not right." Yeah. Um, and then in the beginning, he, they just never cut to him, and this mm-hmm. is a great moment for people who want to make movies because it is a great moment to look at these two scenes and go. I completely changed who's in the room. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like the, this this was a person who is important to the scene mm-hmm. in in one version and completely unimportant right. in another version. It just matters who you cut to and when and why. And it's just like, again, I'm so glad these movies <laughs> exist. Like, I don't know if I would show this to any students because they're not good movies. Right. Mm-hmm. I think right. there are better ways to make these points. But as a personal journey, you know, like I, I would recommend these to people who want to learn about film. I'd say, watch these two movies. You got to check them out. They're so weird because it's like watching an alternate universe. Like this right. was the version in this universe. Then I stepped over just to the <laughs> left in this other alternate universe. And this was the version they got. Like, that's what it feels like. Mm-hmm. And I love that. That is so cool. Yeah. And and it's just not something that we're used to getting. We just don't get these like. Everybody's petitioning for the Snyder cut of uh, Justice League, right? Because yeah. they think, oh, that'll be the good one. No, I've got I don't bad want news for I you. It's going to be just as bad. Um, but even Snyder has said it's that there is no such thing. Like mm-hmm. they used my footage and then they shot more. Right. Like that. Right. <laughs> that was that was basically it. But like, mm-hmm. it also gives credence to the fact that like usually when you're doing a reshoot, it's probably not that good. Like. I, I often think of um, I know this is a lot of people's like one of their top 10 favorite movies and it's just never connected for me but Brazil so Brazil is a film that has had 14,000 cuts I think all released on DVD Blu-ray and 4K I'm sure and look it's a neat movie with neat ideas it's not for me but at the same time I'm like I've watched three different cuts of it mm-hmm. and all of them I'm like it's the same movie <laughs> like it's not one of these is better than the other version and so and I've always been wary of director's cuts like director's cuts in particular like regardless of how you feel <laughs> like generally the only director's cut it isn't even called a director's cut but I will give credence to that for the Lord of the Rings extended editions Mm -hmm. mostly because they are telling more story Mm -hmm. that they necessarily had to cut down and and I and I get that but I also still stand by those theatrical versions and think they're good versions Mm -hmm. so but this is different this isn't that (laughs) this is two different movies that are the same movie and it blows my mind Mm -hmm. that it happened and it blows my mind that Paul Schrader was actually get to actually allowed to take that footage and make a movie and get it released in some way. Like Mm -hmm. that is amazing. And this is even really before, it's not before the internet, but it is before, I mean, it's before social media in in the way we think of it today, right? right? Mm -hmm. Before petitions on like online to, no Twitter, no Facebook, (laughs) no, maybe MySpace, maybe right. 2005. Maybe. I don't think so. No. Was it? Yes. Yeah, because that would have been even before that. But but yeah. but not that didn't play a part in this at all. And no. you can imagine that happening now. Yeah. If, uh, if uh, somebody who people like the Snyder thing of like or or people who want the Game of Thrones, uh, it's happening to way be more. Redone, or right? like, um, like or like Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, <laughs> right. That right. Movie there is being changed. Point. Yeah. Right. So so many people on the internet hated the character right. design. Right. Yeah. Like right. They're fixing that. 
I don't like it. I don't like the. I don't like all of these petitions. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. I don't. I don't feel like people want to be told a story anymore. I feel uh-huh. like people want to have their personal vision put up on the screen. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. that. And they're offended when it's not. Yes, that's the thing. Like there are times, like I've had that. Like I, I look. I no secret. I didn't enjoy uh, Avengers Endgame. I'm not going to tell them to go rewrite the thing. Like what in the fucking what kind of asshole would I be to look at the Russos and go, no, you got to fix that. <laughs> look, I didn't like it. It's fine. There'll be other movies. <laughs> it's okay. You know? Uh, and so it, it is weird to me, but like, I think the thing that I enjoyed about this experience more than anything was getting to have a story told to me by two very different directors, a, a very similar story. <laughs> you could argue the same story, but like a very similar story Two very different directors just sitting down and going, hey, let me tell you a story. And then I can take it in and go, wow, didn't like that. But wow, thanks for telling me that story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I <laughs> I just enjoyed the experience. You know, something else I enjoyed in this movie is the actor who plays um, Major Granville. So, there, as we've yes. talked about, there are a number of characters in this movie who the actors remain the same and some who the actors change. Actually, more change, right? But like, Well, and a couple were just edited out. And a couple were just right. excised from, yeah. the, from the thing. Which one of them, I think, is a shame. Oh, who? I really liked, oh, he's not, he's a second in command. I know who you're talking about. Oh, in the, about. in, oh, in Dominion? Dominion. Yeah. The yeah. one that doesn't really, jo- like like any of the Kenyans from the start. No, yeah, he's a total racist. I'm not saying that he's a good guy. No, right, but that character's really interesting. I think the character was good and very necessary. Mm -hmm. And without him, that is something that I felt suffered. Right, and Um, that would have been a great thing to have him take over for Granville in the beginning. And then we go to war and (laughs) we're like, oh no. Right, yeah, 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 I totally agree. But the actor plays um, uh, uh, Major Granville, whose name is escaping me, but... um, uh, we've I've, all had a long week, everybody. He, <laughs> he is a I, he. I f- feel like he understands. So he, he's playing the same character, but they're different kind of shades of the character. Yeah, and he feels. I feels to me like he knows exactly which movie he's in in both movies, right? And adjusts appropriately, and like goes crazy in different ways in both movies. And um, he, well, I, his death scene is so different in both movies, right, right? That, but it's the same. It's a suicide in both movies, mm-hmm. but yet it plays out so differently. And his performance is so different. Right. There is a very quiet sadness to his his suicide. In even though he has done something terrible, right? And again, this movie is about guilt. Like in Dominion, Dominion is about guilt right. and all of these characters dealing with with different f- forms of guilt. Right. Um, and his he's out there alone on the rock and talking to his uh, general. I don't know what he would whatever that character is mm-hmm. and just sort of obviously disconnected mm-hmm. from the conversation. Yeah. It's a beautiful performance. Yeah. yeah. And he just. Shoots himself, yeah. and then in the other one, holy crap! It's a, a horror movie CGI <laughs> butterfly nightmare. Butterfly yeah. nightmare. Butterfly <laughs> yes. starts climbing out of his mouth, right, right? And then he, I, and you don't know if he was really trying to shoot himself or if he was trying to shoot the moth that was coming out of his mouth. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it's <laughs> a yeah. This is it's an he. I um, uh, 
I am a apologist for The English Patient, which I think is a beautifully made movie. And he's he's has always been lodged in my head. He's a, plays a similar kind, not similar, but similar um, strata of British um, class oh, in yeah. that movie. In mm-hmm. a way that every time I see him, I he just he knows just what he's doing, and I <laughs> and I love that he's dialed in but in, in both of these movies. I Julian Wadham. Just oh, so you Wadham. Know. There thank you. Go. you. Yeah, 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 thank you. Thank you. No, he has a couple of really good lines in Dominion, especially I think where he says things like. You know, how dare they? We're British. You know, like, <laughs> yes. You know, like, yes. It's uh, like, uh, you know. Um, we just talked for one second about Stellan Skarsgård because I don't think we have. We, we haven't really talked not, about it. Not too really. Much. We really haven't. Kind of the same him, but... person playing two, playing the same character in two different, almost different genres of the same story. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I'm maybe a bigger fan of, of him than uh, Nick, than you are. Um, I don't know that he has a lot of range, but I he brings a centeredness and a, and, a, and a groundedness in a weird way to both of these characters and, and, and to a lot of, lot of the stuff that he does. Um, I have not seen all his Von Trier stuff, um, but I think that it's, um, it's kind of amazing too. imagine yourself this actor who has played this main character through an entire movie and then is told, oh, guess what? <laughs> do you want to do it again? <laughs> but with this script of the same story and then like saying- And it's not a sequel. No, and saying sure, let's go for it. He might have been contractually. He probably obligated. He probably was. Well, they would have had to pay him again to shoot a movie again. That's a big chunk of your, of your time. I mean, on your yeah, calendar. that's like what two months maybe. And and so oh, who knows? Um, and the time in between, uh, I, I don't know. But anyway, the um, I loved the again in the, in the spirit of this experiment to watch this actor play two versions of the same character mm-hmm. and I felt more connected to him in the beginning I think because in the in Dominion there's all those which we talked about before in terms of the boringness like it kind of nearly crests to a dramatic moment and then backs away from it really quickly You're right and then nearly <laughs> yes. crests again and then backs away as opposed to the way that um, the the screenwriter Alexi Alexi Holly who is credited as uh, for the screenplay for the beginning has a much more traditional um, narrative structure of climax, and then and then sort of uh, they they absorb the effects of that, and then to another sort of dramatic climax. And um, to watch, I, I felt more connected to Skarsgård's character in that sort of thing, maybe just because he was less of an idea and more of a person. Um, but it could I, be. But I think structure has a lot to do with how we identify with characters too. Mm-hmm. Just I, for me, anyway, for sure. That's that's yeah. that's. True. And and the beginning has much more of a regimented. This is a first act. This right. is a second act. Yes. There's right. a third act. Right. Right. Click. <laughs> Click, click. Yes. Here it is. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I want to be very clear. I don't think he is a bad actor in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he was very good in this. I think he's an interesting choice for this. I think they just wanted another Swedish person. I think you're right. Yes. <laughs> it I, was, I, I might have actually sure. read that. Sure. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you know, sure. Uh, but at the same time, I think he's... I think he's very good. It's just every movie I've seen him in, with the exception of Marvel stuff, he seems to be playing the same character. And that could just be my limited scope. You've seen Mamma Mia then. Oh, I oh, did. Yeah. He is in Mamma Mia. Oh, I might have to take this all back. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. It's he, it's not a broad range. Like they don't hire him to be, a, you know, the complete goofball. Like they hire him to play Stellan Skarsgård and like be, you know, it's it's he plays in a range. Just that that range works for me in a lot of things. Uh, and maybe mm-hmm. that's fair, but no, he is he is a different character in Mamma Mia, which is a film I hate. But now I have to go back and watch it <laughs> because I want to see what he does with that. Because uh-huh. I think when I originally watched it, I didn't have a really good sense of performance. All I knew was I th- thought Pierce Brosnan was hilarious 
singing in that movie (laughs) and not in a not in a way of like oh what are you doing pierce brosnan but more in a way like you know what you go get on with yourself (laughs) you can't sing but you're gonna try yeah Mm -hmm. and i appreciate that your hardest tried your hardest (laughs) and got paid a lot of money go for it pierce brosnan is a person who i'm always hoping is having a nice day (laughs) i am like he's really been through some trauma yeah. And he, I just, he is apparently a very nice human being. That's I, excellent I hear. to hear. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think his first wife died. His daughter died. Like he's just been through a lot. Yeah. And so I'm like, you know, Pierce Brosnan, if you're listening, I hope you're having a good day. Anyway, let's move on to <laughs> I how. I would love it if Pierce Brosnan <laughs> listened to the show. Me too. <laughs> he's like, oh, The Exorcist. I'll listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> just randomly talk about me. Yeah. Um, how would we fix this? I. So I have two quick fixes uh, for each one. Uh, the first one would be to for Dominion. I honestly think th- I don't even know how you do this, but you would get rid of that third act and rewrite it. There's something missing. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of him just performing an exorcism and ha, we're done is n- doesn't work for me. Doesn't it doesn't make sense to me how he regains his uh, or regains his faith. There's just it, it, it's just for some reason that third act is a black hole. And I feel like there's a way to do that. I couldn't figure it out. But I am also not a really talented screenwriter that has written how many screenplays. So that's my fix for that is you just got to you got to chuck out that third act and bring in a new one. I'm fine with the boringness of it. I, I like dull talky movies. So I'm OK with that. I like the atmosphere. I think it's a good atmosphere uh, for the beginning. Whew, I, I, I kind of don't want to touch it. Because it's sort of perfect in its goofiness and, and obviousness, as Marianne so eloquently put it. Um, I would say if I were going to do anything, I would just remove that Australian dude. <laughs> like, why are you here? I feel bad because the actor did a good job. He was mm. horrifying and, and terrible. But, like, I, it just, I don't know why he's there. And yeah. so if you remove him, I think... Then I'm left with fewer questions of like, well, was that important? <laughs> I, I, ah. So anyway, those are my two little fixes for that. I, uh, Yeah, I don't think these movies are broken on that level. Bill, what do you think? How would you fix it? Uh, I hinted at this while talking about it earlier with Dominion. There was one thing that was missing for me because I went in with the mindset that this was going to be bad fun or fun bad. Right. Uh, and I think, sorry, Gail, sorry to Gabriel Mann if you're listening to this with Piers Brosnan probably in the same room. Uh, you didn't do they it for me. Listen parties. Yeah, they're buddies. Yeah. <laughs> Podcast listen parties. <laughs> Woo! Uh, with Father Francis, and I-, I hinted at this earlier where we talked about musicians breaking into acting. And I thought this needed someone a little pluckier or alive. And I was like, LL Cool J might have fixed this for me. Or someone of his, I, I this is not a great fix. This is a lateral move. But I was thinking, because my mindset was on Rennie Harlan, right. who directed him as a preacher in another film called Deep Blue Sea. He was a preacher in that? Yup. I thought he was a cook. Well, he was a former preacher. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Who lost his way. And oh. he, was, he was like oh. an alcoholic Much preacher. like Father Marin. And so I was just like, like this, like Gabriel Mann was just kind of blank to me. And I wanted something a little more fun because I was expecting something else and i thought you know like i kind of just want to see lo cool j reacting to people right now i realize this is not the best fix but it is the fix for me and for the beginning i didn't (laughs) i didn't think of so much i was like he doesn't fit in this 
I probably wouldn't touch that one as much. It wasn't my favorite horror movie by any means, but it was fine. It was okay. <laughs> I feel like that's a lot of horror movies from the early 2000s. They're like, well, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Marianne, how would you fix these two movies? Okay, my fix would be, so I'm like, I kind of want to pull elements from both and put them together. So, um, hybrid. Hybrid movie. of. So first off, I think James Darcy is the better yeah. Oh, yeah. Is the better. I, I agree. Francis at this point. So we can all say that. So like, it would be him. But and I, really but I kind of like good looking guy too. Just like great. Oh, yeah. he's a uh, wonderful Jarvis. brow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he's Jarvis. Yeah, he's Jarvis. I in, forgot. In Agent Carter and in Endgame, I think. Oh yeah. Yeah. Maybe I think so. when I think they go in, back in time. Yeah. Spoilers. Time travel. <laughs> okay. We'll bleep that out. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so him as the priest and then but like I kind of I still like the slow like not the sl- slowness but I like what they were trying to do with um, Dominion yeah and so like I think that some of that could be like shortened a little, some of those like moments talking moments shortened and punched up a little bit bringing in a little bit of that lore that I mentioned from the beginning mm-hmm. um, but and like bring the possession of Whichever character at this point, I don't. I I think I like having Chiway. I forget. I think that's his name, Chiway. Yeah, I think I like that type of possession because I like the fact that like he got healed, um, and it was like kind of unexpected. Oh, I love that mystery. Yeah. Of what's happening. I mean, mm-hmm. we kind of know. We're kind of like, oh, well, I know what's happening here. <laughs> but like, I, I I for the characters, I think that's an interesting thing. Yeah. Like how he's getting healed, and it's like, uh oh. Right, and I think. I would have liked that, like, full-on possession to have been known by the characters sooner so that you could have moments where Francis is trying to do the exorcism and it's taking a long time. Because what I did like about the beginning is that the exorcism took a while. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. in The Exorcist, it also took a Mm -hmm. long time. And so, like, it kind of keeps with the lore of, like, this is a long, arduous process. And, like, in that process... The demon is trying to play games with Marin's head. Yeah. And like he needs to reject those games, like like he does in Dominion. Mm-hmm. And like within the process of the exorcism, Marin is there as Francis is killed and then has to like make the choice to take up and continue the exorcism. Yeah. And like that is yeah, like so taking sitting longer with him making the decision to see better to third find act his faith. Yeah. Better yeah. third act. Yeah. Like, like that is I, I agree. Yeah. I think that is a really smart way to do it. And like extending that third I act think, a little more. It's been a long time since I saw it, but I'd swear when they introduced Father Marin, they said he was in an exorcism that lasted like three weeks or mm-hmm. something yeah. in Kenya. And that was something I was expecting to see in here, mm-hmm. and that did not happen. <laughs> but that would have been you know, p- piling onto that, like, yeah, make this a more extended mm-hmm. sequence. I agree. Yeah. Tobin. I, man, you've said so many brilliant things. Uh, <laughs> I'm just going to, I'm just going to um, uh, build on if I could. The first is the idea that um, it would, I never, not crystallize it into these words. And you're so right that the beginning is the obvious version, right? The, you have the obscure version in dominion and the obvious version in, in, um, uh, in the beginning. And I think that, the what I would like to do is to take some of the obscureness, not the I wouldn't take that character who's the 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 
boy who gets fixed. Mm-hmm. But I would take the, some of the some of the obscureness and graft it onto mm. the mm-hmm. beginning, the obviousness. So just so it's just a little less obvious. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I and I think that I uh, you know the basic pitch of this movie I think is a really good one. If the basic pitch of the movie is that Father Marin lost his faith in World War II. And he has to find it again in order to perform an exorcism and by doing so makes a spiritual enemy that will haunt him until the end of his days. That's a great kind of little arc that could lead you then to the exorcist. So then my my other idea is that, and I think this is kind of in a little bit in both of the movies, but I would draw out a little bit. Rather than it being as much about faith, I would think thematically what you'd want to get at is, is the idea of does evil stick to you? Mm-hmm. You have all these characters. You have Marin, who who is trying to escape this the evil that is, it's like he's trying to run away from it in both these movies, right? It's in, in and and you can feel it sort of on him. The evil is stuck to the place because it's been whichever version you have this evil, it's been sort of you know kept here. You have in Rachel Sarah <laughs> uh, in the beginning, she is um, you know have or both of them having gone through the the camps. Does that evil, even if it's not, and in the, in the beginning, she literally then is possessed. Evil has touched her. Mm-hmm. And they talk about evil, you know, touch, touching people. And so if, if you, that would be a more interesting sort of thematic thing for me, because what Father Marin then chooses to do at the end is accept that evil will stick to him forever. And that he will be wrestling with this demon for the rest of his life. And by making- True sacrifice, like a true- by, sa- A true yeah. sacrifice, and not one where he dies, but one where he has to live and endure. Mm-hmm. And by and by making, if you could build the movie that, that would get us to that point where that's the choice he's making, it would end up being about faith without being about quote unquote faith. Yeah. It's about a choice he's making to accept the sacrifice of being the person who will go head to head with this sort of demon as opposed to running away from it forever. Yeah, I, uh, the, I, I would, would watch, watch that, that movie. movie. Yeah. both really good. I still think LL Cool J <laughs> is a fine idea. <laughs> Look, I'm not going to argue with you about LL Cool J. Um, well, excellent. I, I, I'm i really happy that none of us seem to have really been harmed by watching two movies. No. Um, that I was afraid of that, actually. I was like, this is an experiment. Ugh, let's see yeah. how it goes. To be fair, at first, like... So my fix, I just as I do, I just thought of it as I was. We were sitting here talking. Mm. My original fix was just like, just leave them because they're a real funny, funny experiment. I'm like, <laughs> it's kind of interesting. It's interesting all on their own. So yeah, I, was I don't think harmed. enough people really them. talk about the fact that we have this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it, it is sort of amazing. It's kind of like, you know, I don't know if they still do it as much, but for a long time, studios would compete with genre they would do like mm. the same genre of a movie mm-hmm. asteroid impact so mm-hmm. we had armageddon and deep impact right. it would come yeah. out the same year it's kind of like that yeah but even better like it's because yeah. it's, it's like exactly the same thing all right well let's move on to how we'd rate this each of us has our own rating system mine is what star wars movie is it and okay so i gotta do this twice so <laughs> i think i think i think that Dominion, I'm going to say this, and Mm. somebody's going to come across the table, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) I think Dominion, I enjoyed it so much, is The Empire Strikes Back. It's a quiet, it's a quiet, thoughtful movie that, look, it's not as good as The Empire Strikes Back. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying if I'm rating it, it, (laughs) if I'm rating it on it, like, it's not prequel bad. It's also not fun. 
<laughs> I mean, Empire Strikes Back is fun, but it's not it's not as fun as A New Hope and Return of the Jedi. It's Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, it's, and less, <laughs> less obvious, too. Yes. I mean, that's a, yeah, it's yeah. more thoughtful. But yeah. the beginning, this one I racked my brain over. And I, <laughs> I, I, I guess I have to put the beginning as Rogue One because it's dumb and <laughs> obvious. And I... I, there are parts of it that I really enjoy, but there are parts that are like, ah, Rennie, too much. Like the Australian guy. <laughs> like, why is he in there? So those are my choices. <sighs> That's how I'm rating it. Bill, what's your rating system? This one's tough for me because I rate my movies uh, by how far I want to keep them away from my two-year-old son. Yeah. Uh, I'm not against my you know toddler watching horror movies. By Well, now I am. <laughs> I, I'm an okay dad. I don't let him watch scary movies now, but I imagine, oh, when he's 12, 13, that age where boys watch terrible movies, this this would be a contender, but... I would imagine all genders watch terrible movies. All genders mm-hmm. do. You're right. But cosine. <laughs> cosine. With, with this, it's be- because as a dad, I'm more sensitive to maggot-covered babies. I yeah. I disagree with that, and it's like, I, I thought some of the, the harm done to characters in this movie, and I get it's the devil... I get that, but <laughs> I, I thought I thought some of the harm done to the the some of the characters in this movie, these two movies, was unnecessary, and I mean that in a way that it didn't really benefit the movie. Mm-hmm. Not that the devil's being a jerk, which he probably is. <laughs> um, so I I, I don't I, I think I would keep this kind of far away. I'm I, I'm not going to bury this in a church for fifteen hundred years, <laughs> but. I might put it high up on the shelf and let him decide when he's older. Okay. Marianne. So my rating system is screeching tea kettles, which is basically the amount of time I want to be distracted and or run away from the, like not watch these movies while they're just running in the background. Um, They both have the same rating, um, which is three. They're two and a half hour movies. So I would not burn my mouth watching these movies or no, sorry. They're two hour movies. They're, both mm-hmm. two hours, they're not two and a half. My bad. Um, they're two hours, so I wouldn't burn my mouth. I just, I don't know. Like, I would probably walk away multiple times from watching these movies. One, because it's boring. One, because it's predictable and tropey. I know that jump scare is coming up. I'm going to go get some tea. No, we're just like, oh, yeah, I know what's going to happen. I don't need to watch this part. It's fine. And they're going to show that baby again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And Tobin. I have my rating system is the Torgo scale, one to five Torgos, based on how much is there in this movie to recommend it. I would for the Dominion, I would rate it at two Torgos. I think that that what's um, your maximum? Five. Okay, two out of five. Uh, I think that there there are a couple of performances in there. Um, uh, Woodham, uh, Julian <laughs> Woodham, and Stellan Skarsgård, and I, I and then whoever played the major. Like Major Granville. Oh, yeah. No, 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 not the major. Sorry, his underling. Oh, and his right. Yeah, right. Also very good. Right, and 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 then the fact that it was that was about ideas in the, mm-hmm. in in an interesting way. And then for uh, the beginning, I would rate it uh, three Torgos. I just think it goes down easier as a, it will go down easier for a movie. I could recommend it more easily to people. Sure. However, the two of them together, I would rate it maybe like a four, four and a half Torgos for the experience of. This whole the, uh, the, of experiencing the experiment that yeah. we've been talking about here. I really think if you are all interested in kind of how films are put together and oddities of the early 2000s, I would watch both these movies. Yeah, it's an oddity. Mm-hmm. It's a weird one. It's a weird yeah. one. I love yeah. it. I love that they exist. <laughs> I don't want them to be harmed. I now kind of want to own them on 4K. 
even though that's not going to happen. <laughs> but I like do because I want to preserve them myself. Like, yeah. oh no, we have no, to, nobody else will. We that have to protect you. these. <laughs> I don't want to. Like, I, I get sad every time I think about how many Buster Keaton films are just gone. Yeah. You know, so, so many things from the silent era and up through the 30s really are just gone. Like, we'll never have them because nobody thought to save them. And I get that way occasionally about things where it's like, nobody likes this but me, but I think it's important. <laughs> yes, it's a stupid sequel or prequel, but I think it's important anyway. Okay, well, let's move on to our final segment, which is called Real Good, where we recommend something real good for you to watch instead of these. Um, I think we would all recommend you do the experiment if you like <laughs> If you uh, are into film in any way, this is a fun experiment. So aside from that, what else would we recommend? Tobin, let's start with you. For The Dominion, uh, Paul Schrader wrote one of my favorite movies called The Mosquito Coast. Has anybody seen The Mosquito Coast? He wrote Coast? that? Yes. I haven't seen that forever. Yes. Oh, my God. This is Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren. In and his he, most dramatic? To, yes. A Peter Weir movie. He take, Harrison Ford is an inventor, takes his family to the South America somewhere to, to live. To the South America. To South America somewhere to live in the rainforest and goes mad. Yeah. River Phoenix. Is the kind of the main character plays his son. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a wonderful movie, um, and so I would I would recommend you you watch that. And then for um, the beginning, I'm going to recommend another Stellan Skarsgård uh, role, which has been getting a lot of attention recently, which is uh, the Chernobyl miniseries on HBO. I've which, heard nothing but good things, which is really worth seeing. Hard to watch, um, but he's very very good in it, as everybody is. Um, and so those would be my two uh, recommendations. Excellent, Marianne. Just so we're clear, I'm only going to have one. I only have one. Okay. Oh, I have two. Okay, good. Cool. Sweet. So Yellow Couch has two. Purple Couch has one. Great. Um, so for Dominion, um, I pick just like my – because it's trying to be a psychological suspense, like dissection of human nature and guilt movie, I went with like – my favorite, and in my opinion, the best one of all time, which is Sounds of the Lambs. Yeah. I mean, it's up there. I just love it. If it's not the best one, it is up there. Yeah. It's just like a beautiful example of everything that was like, I feel like they were trying to accomplish in this movie. I had uh, James Criley was uh, one of my professors in grad school, and we had a whole project based around Silence of the Lambs, which was just to learn about metaphors in mm-hmm. cinema, which that film is so good. very good at. But I remember him saying, like, I don't typically say this. It's as close to a perfect film mm-hmm. yeah. as I've ever seen. And mm-hmm. he's right. And it's weird, too, because it's a sequel, but it's not a sequel. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's a sequel book, but it's not a sequel movie. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> yes. but, and yet, yeah, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. So good. And for the beginning? And for the beginning, um, another very, like, kind of obvious, but also just, like, real fun. Um, and I was reminded because of, like imperialism uh <laughs> the mummy with brendan fraser oh, it's so good yeah. it's just so fun that movie's totally. a fucking classic it's so yeah. good and it's just like all the sequels are garbage yeah but that yeah, first one is real good it's just yeah. so good yeah. yeah and like the effects are a little dated but they're not awful and it's just okay. yeah it's basically <laughs> what the de- what the beginning could have been and wasn't even though it's not a horror movie <laughs> some se. of the best one-liners. One-liners, yeah. Hey, Winston, pedal faster. Yeah. So good. <laughs> so Rachel Weisz. Oh, man, everybody in there is so, so good. good. <laughs> I can't remember his, his the, 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 I want to say the little guy, but it's Brendan Fraser, so he's giant. Benny. 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 Is the character's name. Leave yeah. me. Leave me. <laughs> yeah. And then he's got all of the different religions. Yeah. Uh, oh, God, that movie is so much fun. And John Hanna is great. Yeah. 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 
Oh no! So it's I. I wish that that movie could come out now, because like that mummy in a shared universe would be great. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. and that. Oh, anyway, sorry. That's, you're that's speaking directly movie. to my heart. Like, <laughs> Two absolutely wonderful movies. Go watch them. Yes. I don't know where they're available, but they probably are. They're excellent. I'd swear I've seen the mummy on streaming somewhere. Probably. I've so. watched it recently, like within the month ago. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. So yeah, it's probably. We, we had a little Brendan Fraser marathon. It was wonderful. He's Can't go wrong. Yes, you do. <laughs> you can't go wrong with Brendan Fraser. He is, yeah. Apparently, the he's in the first GI Joe movie. He is. Mm-hmm. And uh, Stephen Summers, even the director who directed that and the Mummy, uh-huh. said he's a descendant of Rick. So GI oh, Joe takes nice. place in the Mummy verse. That's a shared, oh, that's a shared universe. It. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. I love it. I love it. Anyway. Bill, what's your real good? I only have one real good recommendation, and it's based... I was a little upset that you mentioned it, actually. It's James Darcy in Agent Carter, especially the first season. It's lovely. It's a fun little yeah. sh- like mini-series, and I, I wish it was still going. I know. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is still on, for God's sakes. <laughs> Why do they keep... Uh, because Fitz and Simmons are delightful. They are. I agree. Are they? Did yes. they get more delightful? Because they get... <laughs> because I, in the first no season, they were not delightful disagree oh okay so i disagree i agree with bill okay (laughs) they are delightful (laughs) joss whedon going on okay asian carter (laughs) there we um mine is based off of this idea of one thing that i don't like about uh these two movies and it's not the fault of the movies this is what the movies are about that's fine but um i'm not a big fan of the arcane fighting the arcane just in story. I, I, I like to th- th- when somebody comes up with a different way, like we're saying, well, we can't. They're the most powerful magician. Well, we're not going to use magic, you know, or something <laughs> like that. Like, I'm, I'm more a fan of that. And so I think the best example of that, and if you watch it this way, it's a fascinating watch, uh, is the first Ghostbusters, which is a movie about technology trumping the arcane or technology trumping um, supernatural the supernatural mm-hmm. and I really appreciate that and so watch it with that in mind and it becomes an, a vastly different more interesting movie it's still funny it's still um, wildly entertaining but also mm-hmm. it's something that I just speaks to me I think more than anything is just this idea of like nah we're not using supernatural we're gonna find an old book <laughs> we're gonna, you know we got proton packs man that's what we're gonna do I thought by the way I thought you were gonna recommend the episode of Buffy the Vampire <gasps> me Slayer too! where she uses a rocket launcher because in the text it was like no weapon, no forged. weapon forged can kill this but it was yeah. like the text was written and like <laughs> oh it was the judge the, yeah it was yeah. the judge <laughs> yep oh that is a good episode for uh, that too but that that's probably so one of the good. reasons I liked it too is like yeah <laughs> Fuck you, arcane magic. Here's a rocket launcher. Here's a rocket launcher. And I love the judge goes, what is that? Boom. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you guys for ha- indulging me in this uh, and Tobin. In- <laughs> indulging me, <laughs> indulging us in, in this experiment. Yes. yes. Um, this was a lot of fun and I wasn't expecting to enjoy it as much as I did. Uh, it was really, really a great time. So thank you for that. Tobin, where can people find you? Find me on Twitter at Tobin Addington and on Twitter at contenders underscore pod. I have a podcast called The Contenders with my sister where we talk about movies starring or directed by fearless women. Uh, We're about to do an episode on Jupiter Ascending, uh, which I've never seen. Uh, I have had calls to have it on this podcast. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah, calls. So 
Yes. Oh. Yeah. So well, from payphones. <laughs> <laughs> we shall see. We shall see. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Excellent. Marianne, where can people find you? I'm on whatever socials I'm on at MF Des Silva. Although I don't use them very often. Yeah, you kind of disappeared recently. Yeah. You're very busy. I'll do busy. Instagram stories about things that I bake. Oh, that's true. That's about it. That gets me excited because I think, oh, there might be baked goods tomorrow morning. And they're always on. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's excellent. They're Bill, always. where can people find you? Uh, I'm a video maker for SciShow. So if you like sciencey stuff, check us out on youtube.com slash SciShow. Excellent. And of course, you can find us at patreon.com slash realbadpod. Uh, if you like what we do here, chip in a buck or two. We really appreciate it. Uh, you can also find us at realbadpod on Twitter and Instagram. I got to put up more Instagram posts because I forget Instagram is a thing most of the time. And, you know, who knows? I'll do my best. A real big thanks to Black Duck Studios, T. Michael Martin, I Love It Podcast, Candice, Sarah Caroline, and Anna Moss for supporting us on Patreon. Thank you so much. Uh, real Bad is part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. You can go to cageclub.me and check out podcasts like the Keanu Club, where Joey and Mike watch and discuss all of Keanu Reeves' movies, which I think is an excellent thing to do, frankly. Next week, we're probably heading into the 1980s, but until then, this has been Real Bad.